Hello, welcome to the Monday, July 18th, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Didier a while ago posted a Yara rule that allows you to find any PE files that are using PyInstaller. PyInstaller being a tool that can be used to run Python scripts as standalone code on Windows systems. Now, of course, this is also used by benign software, but uh, Didier found additional examples of malware that were essentially just written in Python and then wrapped with PyInstaller in order to launch them. In case you're using his Yara rule, uh, make sure that you're looking for false positives, but if you find something interesting, Please let us know. Didier would like to look at a couple more malware samples that are using the installer. And Juniper announced uh, rather serious vulnerabilities in its IPsec implementation. When you're using digital certificates in order to authenticate users, one thing, of course, it has to be made sure is that the certificate is signed by a trusted certificate authority and this is not being done properly. Instead, it just looks whether or not the name of the certificate authority matches. It does not verify whether or not an actual authorized key was used to sign the certificate. So what should happen is if a user tries to log in to your VPN and the user presents a certificate to authenticate itself, the VPN server should now verify the signature of that certificate using the actual certificate of a trusted certificate authority. Well, instead, it just checks whether or not the name that's mentioned in the certificate that's presented by the user matches one of the trusted set of authorities. So there is no actual cryptographic match done, just a simple string comparison of the name that's claimed to have signed the certificate authority. And of course, anybody can come up with a certificate authority with any name and then sign a certificate. So this essentially invalidates the access control on these VPNs. Juniper released an update for JunoS and they also did release a workaround. What they're saying here is that for all PKI VPN tunnels, you should accept only the distinguished name as the remote peers Ike ID. Now, I'm not familiar enough with Juniper's IPsec implementation to know what this will potentially break if you're enabling this. So please go ahead and apply the update as soon as possible. And FireEye is reporting how vulnerabilities are being patched in May by Microsoft in MS1653 are already being used by the latest version of the Neutrino exploit kit. The vulnerability was first made public by Microsoft and patched in May. In June, a proof of concept exploit was released. So really only took about another month for this exploit to be included in the Neutrino exploit kit putting Windows 10 at risk. The exploit may work against older versions of Windows, but the main target here is likely Windows 10. 
which so far really hasn't had a lot of exploits seen in the wild and with the strong push of Microsoft to get people to update to Windows 10, of course, malware authors really need to attack that platform more. And have you got an interesting user enumeration bug in OpenSSH? One problem always has been that response times are different if a user exists or doesn't exist because if the user does not exist, exist, then the software doesn't actually have to do the password validation. Well, OpenSSH sort of tried to fix that. What they did is that they set up a pseudo bogus password that they're trying then to compare the password to that the user sent. The only problem here is that they're using the Blowfish hashing algorithm for this pseudo password and normal passwords are usually hashed using SHA-256 or 512. So if the passwords are very long, and we're talking here about 10 kilobytes in size, then the password comparison will be faster for the fake user's Blowfish password than it is for the real user's SHA-hashed password. So the attacker sends a random username with a very large 10 kilobyte or larger password. OpenSSH receives that password. If the user does not exist, it will hash the password using Blowfish, which takes less time than for a user that exists, in which case OpenSSH would use the SHA algorithms in order to verify the password. So interesting vulnerability, no real patch for this yet. Of course, the impact is limited to enumerating which users exist or don't exist. Well, and that's it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.